to Collision Cast, Fender Bender's official podcast helping collision repair shop operators make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm Mike Munzenreiter, associate editor for Fender Bender, and with me today is DJ Mitchell, vice president of Mitchco Collision Repair, which operates four shops in Florida. DJ and his father, Dave Mitchell, have years of experience in the MSO game. Today we're talking with DJ about how he and his father select shops for acquisition and how they then bring those shops into the fold. Thanks for joining us today, DJ. I appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. So today we're talking about rebranding and bringing a new shop into the fold, a new shop acquisition. So let's say you are looking at a potential shop. Are you actively thinking how well will this facility fit my brand or are there more important things to consider? Well, the first thing we always think of is you know, are we going to be able to make money with the shop? You right. know, sometimes they're, you know, may have a really nice location, a really nice building, uh, really good people, but there may be 10 or 12 other shops in the area. Right. Um, so that's the first thing we always think of is the, is the shop going to make money if we buy it? Um, once we uh, get there, then we would think, okay, so, if we think we can make money with it, you know, how much money is it going to cost us to make it look the way that we want it to look? Um, <clears throat> we've done a pretty good job in the past kind of making things that should, things that don't look as good as they should look really good. Um, mm-hmm. My dad is awesome at that. Um, we'll look at stuff sometimes and he'll look at me and say, do you see it? And I'm like, yeah, no, but I know you'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, then, um, so we would start to consider like, how are we going to run it? What more work is this going to add for us? What problems could we potentially have with this? And, you know, should we do it? And yeah. uh, the should we do it thing, normally, normally they're just being a yes. If, the, uh, if you wait for the right time to add a new shop, you can always find a reason not to do it. I'm mm-hmm. too busy with this or this is getting ready to come up or so if if it meets the you know first kind of criteria, are we going to make money? Can we make it look right? Uh, then we then we pretty much do it. <clears throat> Got it. Yeah. So let's say it's over, everything's in order. Is that first order of business getting the paint and making it look the way you want it to look, or what should people be considering? <clears throat> the first thing we do is we really want to meet the employees, meet the the team, the staff. Um, everybody that's there. Um, we normally try to do that way before we close mm-hmm. because we want to know once I get in there, you know, is, you know, is there anybody that hates change <laughs> who may not make it through the transition? Is there anybody that's scared? Um, you know, is there anybody with a bad attitude? Um, is there anybody in the wrong spot? Um, so we really like to meet the staff early, as early as we can. So that way we can kind of start planning on what we need. So, you know, we may go and we may walk through and, and talk to the office and think, well, you know, this person is, you know, kind of old school. Maybe they're not going to fit how we want to do things. <clears throat> you know, let's keep that in the back of our mind in case something was to come up, we could be ready. Um, you know, we may may get in and, you know, they got somebody writing who should be, uh, you know, doing parts, or somebody doing parts that should be, you know, at the front desk or whatever. So, uh, we like to meet the staff, go back, talk to the technicians, make sure they're on board, uh, answer all the questions they always have. Uh, you know, when are you going to sell us next is always when we get, um, 
you know, are you going to cut my pay? Are you going to give me a raise? Are you going to bring in your own people? Um, those are, those are the ones you get all the time. So after we, after we meet with the staff, um, you know, answer any questions they have, kind of put their minds at ease, uh, get our ideas together. Uh, then we would start figuring out what we're going to do to make it look the way we want it to look. Uh, we may do something temporary at first, you know, paint the outside, put up a banner. Um, well, we do a bigger plan to kind of figure things out. We actually just did that at our Tigersville location. We got in, uh, we put a banner up, painted the outside of the building, uh, and then kind of figured out how we're going to do it to make it, you know, as good as we can end up making it. Uh, we actually had the office kind of displaced for a while working in little service rider booths uh, within the shop so we could build the office the way we wanted it. Retaining established employees ever a priority or is it strictly a case-by-case -case basis? Do you want to retain some familiar? We'd, we'd like to keep everybody who's working there working there. Um, right. You know, a, a lot of big companies, I think, you know, may not, you know, realize the importance of that, but you didn't buy that shop. You bought the shop because it, made money and because it's a good location, but it made money because of the people that are in it. Mm -hmm. So we want to try to keep everybody there who wants to be there uh, working with us. In terms of working with existing customers or just folks in the community, you know, how do you kind of put the message out that, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to build on what this part of the community, this shop was already doing. Yeah, <clears throat> the one of the first things we do to get our name out there is advertise. In Merritt Island, we came in, we did some TV spots. We'll try to join the local chamber of Com chamber of commerce, and uh, you know, we try to find out what existing customers are there now. Like, you know, are they doing work for the sheriff's department? Did uh, do they fix the mayor's car? Uh, something like that. You know, at Melbourne, for example, one of the technicians, uh, his wife works for the mayor. So you know, we kind of you know send a message through them. Um, uh, the other thing we try to do to let everybody know kind of what we're about is just making the place look good, you know, mm -hmm. getting that activity, cleaning up something, making it, you know, look better helps everybody in the area. Nobody wants to drive past an eyesore body shop every day. So when we come in and we make it pretty, uh, it goes a long way with the local people. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of small details that, that you want to make sure are covered. Um, any other... Mm -hmm small things. Yeah. Small details that folks should keep in mind. You kind of got to do some of the stuff kind of on a case by case basis. So we've bought some shops that have great reputations, been around a long time. You know, we'll kind of co-brand with those for a little bit. That way the community gets used to hearing our name in association with their name mm -hmm. and we'll do a slower transition. Uh, we may buy a place that's been shut down uh, or had a bad reputation in the past. We'll come in and we'll change that name almost immediately. So that's a that's a big thing. Think about the shop you're buying or going into. How did it used to operate? Was it favorable? Uh, and then kind of make your decision on when you want to, you know, fully switch the name. We do try to get it done as quickly as we can. However, it's hard to build multiple brands. You know, instead of building a coat, you know, building a shop going by two names, we try to get it into us as quick as we can without, you know, hurting ourselves and and losing the reputation that the old shop had built. Just in general, and, you know, kind of a wrap-up question here, what are the biggest challenges you face rebranding, bringing a shop into the fold? Well, there's a, there's a couple of really tough ones. One of them is being the new guy. Um, 
you know, we went into uh, Ocala when we had car guys collision repair. There were some shops that have been in the area for a really long time. Uh, they didn't like us too much, I don't think. They um, uh, put some radio spots out, kind of poking at us, you know, calling us the new guys in town. We deal with a lot. My dad had body shops that he sold. We had car guys collision repair. We sold that. So every time we come into town, everybody thinks, oh, these guys are just going to buy and sell again. So when we come into town, that rumor starts really fast, like, oh, you don't want to go work for them. They're going to sell you soon. Um, so we always fight that battle. Um, we fight it every day. I interview people all the time. Just the other day, I had a glass vendor say, uh, oh, are you part of a so-and-so yet? And I'm like, no, we've never been associated with them whatsoever. Well, that's what they're saying at that other shop over there that you guys are just running it for them now and you guys are going to change the name in a few months. So we deal with that a lot. I think probably the, the, um, the biggest thing that people need to worry about is, you know, the, what other shops have been there and what kind of reputation those places have. Uh, in smaller towns, word of mouth goes really, really fast. And if you come into an area and you're the new guy, you're not from the area at all, and there's another big shop in the area that's been there a long time, you can expect to, you know, constantly be not fighting them, but, you know, constantly trying to get more work or trying to stay busy and seeing that other place that's always busy. So, um, you know, we got our butt kicked in Spring Hill. There's a really good operator in Spring Hill. He's been there a long time. We came in the area, couldn't get any of the work. Um, we thought we were going to have an opportunity to do it, but, you know, he just does a good job running his business. We were really never able to get anything over there. And then, you know, we've been places before where the, the owners, you know, involved in the community, that helps get a lot of the work. Now the old owner is no longer involved, so a lot of that work disappears. Yeah. So you got to kind of consider all aspects and make sure that you're going to be able to replace whatever work you may lose when the owner is no longer involved. Um, that's what I think happens to a lot of the larger MSOs. They buy a, uh, you know, DJ and Mike's collision, and then you and I leave. Well, DJ and Mike's collision ran well because DJ and Mike were there every day. Right. So uh, I would. I would try to make sure that you understand what kind of role the owner plays in the business. And a lot of times they downplay it. They're trying to sell something. They're smart people. They built a nice business. So they understand a lot of the value in the business is going to go away if it's all of them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, owners kind of always downplay how much they're involved. Um, a lot of times the owner, you know, even though he may not be the manager, provides a level of leadership, provides energy. They, they do a lot and sometimes they downplay it. So, you know, you talk to somebody and you know, oh, yeah, the place runs itself. I'm hardly ever here. I don't write any estimates. I don't call any customers. I don't do any of that. You know, it'll be easy for you guys. I would just make sure that's true because a lot of times it is not. Right. Yeah, it sounds like a naughty combination of public relations, market research, mm -hmm. general, general research. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to think about when you open up a new one. You know, everyone's a little bit different. Very good. Uh, appreciate your time, DJ, and hopefully uh, folks have some takeaways uh, for their next endeavor. Yep. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. Once again, I'm Mike Munzenreiter with Fender Bender, and this was Collision Cast.